Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. I'm excited. Okay, we are in this series on the Holy Spirit. I have repented for the last how many weeks for not teaching and, and, and really talking about this subject like I should. And uh, if you're a guest here, what a great week to be here. We are... We, <laughs> well, you'll see. Over the, last, over the last several weeks, we've talked about the Holy Spirit and we've asked, who is he? And we've said, he's a person. Um, is he a person? We've asked that question. Is he Pentecostal? Is he charismatic? And last week we talked about, does the Holy Spirit baptize? All real fun uh, uh, subjects to tackle, all based around what the Word of God says. That's, that's where we're going, right off the Word of God. But, but um, here's what we've said throughout this series that I will say each week, because this is what I'm getting at right here. It's about the person of the Holy Spirit and having a relationship with Him. If you don't see the Holy Spirit as a person, you will not have a relationship with Him. If you put Him on the shelf, if you, if you call Him an it, if you, you don't know Him personally, you're missing out on what God has for you. That's what this series is about. But this week, we're going to hit this topic and uh, the question, does he speak in tongues? So for all you guests that went, I, how did I show? You know, you know how it is when you bring guests. It's either the tithing message or the tongues message. That's how it usually works. It, invariably, you know, guests come on those two messages. Uh, but but I, I do need to repent because in, in 23 years of ministry and, and, and pastoring churches, I don't ever remember talking about this subject. Now, I, I've told you, I, am a, I have been a closet charismatic. I sit in the closet and pray in tongues on my own. <laughs> I've, I've gone through different iterations of my faith from, as I've told you, from growing up Lutheran to my mom taking us to the charismatic church to, you didn't? Yeah, you did. Okay, there you go. And then you brought him, and he actually got saved at the charismatic church. Thank God it took the Holy Spirit and the power to get my dad saved, but that's good. <laughs> Um, it takes the Holy Spirit and the power to get each one of us saved, just so you're clear, but he needed a little extra dose. Um, but, and then I went, we went crazy charismatic, and then we went, we went uh, uh, real seeker-friendly, and oh, keep the Holy Spirit on the side road, you know. And then I just feel like God is, is doing something. And it's not just here, as I'm talking to pastors, and, and I'm seeing this move of the Holy Spirit that is just, is, is very cool. So we are, we are hitting this. But I, I want to make sure as I kick it off to differentiate between the two tongues, the gift of tongues versus the grace, a grace of tongues. The gift of tongues is a message from God that must be interpreted that is given in the church. We talked about that three or four weeks ago when I talked about is he charismatic and we talked about the nine gifts and I went through the gift of tongues when someone speaks, it must be interpreted in church. That's not what I want to talk about today, the gift. I want to talk about 
the grace of tongues, which is a prayer language to God given to us through the Holy Spirit. It is a prayer language. Have I lost anybody yet? Okay, good. You know what? Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I just, I pray that you would uh, speak. God, push me aside. Lord, I pray that we would take down any, any preconceived notions, any walls, Lord, any hurts, and that you would speak. God, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And he doesn't bust into our lives. But this, there's something about the subtlety and the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. And I pray that you would speak to us today. That you'd come in that still, quiet voice and speak to us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 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 So I want to talk about the differentiating uh, between these, these two. And uh, the three things that I want to hit on in this is, is, is it scriptural? Is it a benefit? And is it a choice? And I want to hit those, those three this morning. The first one is it's scriptural. What, what we see in this word, and, and when we're talking about tongues, it, 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 it jumps out of this Bible. It says this in 1 Corinthians 14.2, For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Now, if I could get you this week to just, just meditate on one scripture, just grab a hold of this, 1 Corinthians 14, 12, and let it be something that you just ruminate over and you wrestle with and you chew on this week and, and, and see and ask the Holy Spirit, what is he talking about? It says here that he speaks to God. By the Holy Spirit. One translation is in the Holy Spirit. For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Paul penned this, meaning he wrote it. Now, you got to be real careful when you say, Paul wrote this. Yes, he wrote this. But it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. So Paul is the pen that is writing as the Holy Spirit is speaking through him, writing this down. So when you look at this, you can't go, well, this is Paul talking. And, and No, no, no. The Holy Spirit, this word, is inspired word, is the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul. And Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 14, 14 through 18. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. That word understanding there? is translated mind a number of times throughout the New Testament. So you could use mind there. But my mind is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I also will sing with understanding. What is Paul saying? He says, I will pray in the Spirit, but I also I will pray with my words. I will sing in the Spirit, but I will also use words that, are, or that, are, that you can understand and that your mind can understand, that others can understand. Here's where we get into the argument, okay, that people say. They say, well, wait a second. You know, all the gifts, healing, and prophecy, and tongue, it's all passed away. It's all over. 
That was for a, a specific time in life. But the word says this. Since, uh, I kind of got these backwards, but it, uh, it says uh, knowledge, and it says uh, uh, tongues, and it says all these different gifts will vanish. They'll pass away. It says, for we know in part. But it, then here's the key verse. It says, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is part will be done away. Now, what people say is that this is the perfect, the Word. There, it's, which the Word of God is perfect and true. Yes, true. But when you see the way that this is written, the perfect is referring to Jesus. When Jesus comes, we will clearly see. Does anybody see clearly yet? Does anybody prophesy clear, perfect, prophetic words? Does anybody, is anybody, any, any of the gifts, do they do it perfectly? Absolutely not. So wait, wait, if they're saying that the perfect is the word of God, the perfect was canonized in 300 AD, the word was canonized, the perfect, they believe the perfect came, then, then all of these things would have ceased. Now think about this. If it says that knowledge and tongues would cease when the perfect comes, how would they really know? Because knowledge ceased. Think about that. You guys are slow this morning. It says knowledge would cease. So they really wouldn't have knowledge of what is going on. See, it makes no sense. Here's what I struggle. I'm going to be real careful with this as I was thinking about that. The Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And many times, we've made the Trinity God the Father, God the Son, and, God, and, and the Bible. I'm going to be real careful because this could get dangerous here. Okay? The Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And what this word is, is, is their words. It's, it's the inspired word of God. But when you shift this around and you put the Bible in, in God the Father, God the Son, and the, the Holy Bible, and you start eliminating the third person of the Trinity, the power that, that sets me free that we sang about, the power that, that works in my life is the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in me. The Holy Spirit didn't cease to move in 393 AD when the Bible was canonized. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are available to you and me today. The gifts of the Holy Spirit that I see in this word, the ability to walk in freedom doesn't come because the Holy Spirit stopped. The freedom to walk in this life without condemnation, without guilt, without all the things that we walk in is only by the power of the Holy Spirit. So whatever you're walking in now, the lies as we talked about that have been spoken to you are only overcome through the power of the Holy Spirit and God's Word. But if you take the Holy Spirit and you put him on the shelf, then we have a church that walks around and there's no power. Then Barnum may be right where it says 10% of all Christians truly live a biblical worldview. Maybe he's right and I would say to you that the reason that he might be right is because we don't walk in the power of the Holy Spirit that God has called us to. Back to our scripture in 1 Corinthians 14. 
says this. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I also will pray with understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing, remember that word, mind, with my mind. Otherwise, if you, this is another word, you look at blessed, it can be interchanged. I think 21 of the 24 times that I, I, I read it, it says that it could, it's, it's used as, as to pray. So it says, otherwise, if you pray with your spirit, how will you then, uh, uh, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen? At the giving of thanks, since he does not understand what he says. For you indeed give thanks, or you pray well, but the other is not edified. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than all of you. Paul is, 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 is saying, look, look, there, there's a clarity of my speech, of my praise, of my worship, but there's also this place where, where I'm edified, where I pray in the Holy Spirit, and my life is changed, and it is moved, and it's different, and I give thanks. It's scriptural. I've had... Uh, Several people say, well, Paul says, if I pray in tongues. It doesn't necessarily mean he prays in tongues. But it's hard to argue that when you look at 18. Because Paul says this to us. I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. Did Paul speak in tongues? Yes. And he says, I thank God that I spoke in tongues more than all of you. So it wasn't if Paul spoke in tongues. Paul did speak in tongues. And lastly, he says this. 1 Corinthians 14, 39. And, and as I was wrestling this week and as I was, I was looking at this, and, and I, I've been in churches that say you cannot speak in tongues. I've been in places where they forbid you to speak in tongues. Now, let me, let me talk about context. I, I, unless there's an interpreter, it doesn't happen in the church. We see very clearly 14 is all about in 1 Corinthians. It's all about structure. It's all about, about how God works and, 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 and keeping it in control and not out of hand. But, but this scripture I, I struggled with because it says, do not forbid speaking in tongues. How do you do anything else with that other than go, okay, God's word says, do not forbid speaking in tongues. If there was a caveat that says after the Bible was canonized or after the Bible came together, then you can forbid speaking in tongues, then this wouldn't be a discussion. But there's this open-endedness that says, don't forbid speaking in tongues. Okay, I freaked some of you out now. Here's the deal, though. I didn't write this. You do know that, right? <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. I didn't write this. If you're offended by anything I said, then I'm all right with your offense with God. I'm all right with that. I am secure in the fact that God will deal with you. And it's not my job. If you walk out these doors, you go, that guy's a whack job. Okay. Because most of when you walked in, you said, that guy's a whack job. <laughs> um, I, the reason I repented for not preaching on this is because the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is the Word of God. The power of God. And it's about restoration. And here's what I know that I know that I know. In the last five years or six years of our life, 
in, in, in watching the enemy work in many ways, and watching loss in our life, and watching all these things, the only thing that has sustained us in this time is the power of the Holy Spirit. And when no one else is around, in, in the middle of the night, when tears are flowing from this wonderful woman, while I was sleeping, what I know that I know, that was kind of funny, you know, <laughs> true, but funny. Um, but what you don't see is this, the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit and praying in the Spirit in our lives because we didn't know what else to do. We had nowhere to go. But I kind of believe what His Word says and I watched the Holy Spirit do miracles and I'm watching Him do miracles. I am blown away. My, it, he doesn't listen to this, so I'll talk about him. Hudson, who's in, on the East Coast playing in, in Rhode Island right now, playing hockey, who's 15, a freshman in high school, who not more than a year ago was like, uh, there's no God. And I'm like, all right, dude, there's no God. You know, not getting excited, you know, knowing full well that he's wrestling with all these things. But remember the statistic I told you, Barna said that one of the main reasons that children walk away from the church when they go away to college is because there's no space in their home that is a safe place to wrestle with this God that there is or isn't a God. All parents, I, I'm telling you, give your children space to wrestle with that. Don't go, oh, there's a God. You're going to hell, kid. You know, don't do that. Don't force them in these things. Have the conversation with them. Allow them to walk in those places and that, are, that may seem dark to you, that, but God just meets them. So this, this kid who, you know, is, is slowly God is working on, he was playing last week and he got hurt and bruised his ribs. Then he played yesterday and he's like, he had to pull himself out of the game and couldn't breathe. And, and I, I was talking to him last night. I'm like, I'm praying for you, buddy. I'm praying for you. And at, at like eight this morning, I get a text from him. He says, dad, I don't know what to do about this. I prayed and, and I can't feel the pain anymore. I'm like, Are you? I'm like, I thought you didn't believe in God. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I did not say that, I promise you. <laughs> but I thought it, you know. Yes, she so know me so well. <laughs> we walked together 20 years. He knows what an idiot I am. Yeah. It is scriptural. And I can't tell you don't pray in tongues. But I'm not going to sit here and also say, you got to pray in tongues. I'm not going to sit here and say, if you don't pray in tongues, you're not a Christian because it's not true. Right. You're saved by grace through faith that no man should boast. It is the grace of God and grace alone. If someone doesn't speak in tongues, it's the same as if someone isn't baptized, they can still have an intimate relationship with God. But I'm sitting here saying, why wouldn't I want to? Why don't I want the power of the Holy Spirit? Oh, getting excited, sorry. <laughs> Number two, it's a benefit. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. In other words, he says, he who speaks in tongues builds himself up. And you could say this, he who prophesies in church builds the church up. What's wrong with that? One of the arguments is, oh, you know, it's just all about you. Speaking in tongues is about you. You know what? I don't know about you, but I need to be edified. I need to be built up. I need to be built up so that I can leave this building and preach the gospel through loving others. It builds one up. I love this scripture in Ephesians 6 and the benefits, you know. You, you, you know the, the, the scriptures, and, and we love to quote Ephesians 6. 
And, and this little part here, and, and, and we always stop, it says, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of, of, of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then we usually stop right there. But there's a semicolon right there. And after the, that's pretty good. You didn't think I knew that was a semicolon. I read it, so don't worry about it. <laughs> it wasn't, I didn't make semicolon up. It's real true. Um, which is the Word of God, semicolon. And then it says, praying always with all prayers and supplication, in your own power, in the Spirit. I always stopped right there. Yes, give me the helmet of salvation. Give me the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and, and, we, and the Word of God, and yes, it is, and the sword and everything. But it says, praying always with a prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So good. There's not a single amen that has come from the crowd yet, but that's all right. I got it. Ben, back row, Ben, you should be saying, you should be saying amen, you know. <laughs> I just made that up, too, back row, Ben. I like that. Um, it's, it's beneficial. We see throughout scriptures. Look at Jude 20. But you, dear friend, by the building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, building yourself, there it is again, building yourself up. Because I'll tell you what the world does. The world tears you down. The world says you can't. The world says you never will. The world says you're a loser. The world says you're this. Fill in the blank what the world says. And the Bible says of me, it says build yourself up in the power of the Holy Spirit by praying in the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. It edifies. I need to be edified. You need to be built up. You need to be edified in the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the, 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 it's not about you. Now, wait a second. You just said, I need to be edified. But then I just said, it's not about you. No, no, no. I need to be edified and built up so that it's not about me. And it's about others. When, it's, when, when I'm not built up and I'm not edified in the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, you know who it's about? It's all about my issues, my problems, what I need, what's going on in my life. When I walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, when I allow the Holy Spirit, when I pray in tongues, when, I just freaked a few of you out. When I walk the neighborhood and I pray, it's about others. That's what I need. Building yourself and edifying yourself. Who doesn't need to? I challenge you. Who doesn't need to be built up and edified here this morning? Third, it's a choice. It's a choice. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. If, that's a choice. If I choose to pray in the spirit, if I make that decision, look what it says in, in, in verse 15. So what shall I do? I will. What does that mean? I want to go to the movies. I will go to the movies tonight. I will choose to go to the movies tonight. It is an action that has taken place. Here's what it says about praying in the spirit. I will choose to pray with my spirit, but I also will pray with my understanding. Both. Here's the interesting thing. Why would Paul give instruction on, uh, as to how and when in 1 Corinthians 14 if it was uncontrollable? Because this is what people say. Oh, just. Some, of you, some people think that you're going to be walking in the state of brothers in meat, the meat department, picking out your, your dinner for the night, and out of nowhere, the tongues are just going to flow out of your mouth and you're going to freak everybody out. It's not true. You choose to pray. 
No more than if you had the gift of teaching and you're walking the state or brothers, and all of a sudden you break out and teach in the middle of aisle 16, which happens to be where the oils and the, 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 uh, the salad dressing is. I know that because I, I do the shopping. <laughs> Thank you. You can pray in a prayer language, and since it's scriptural, it builds you up. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Let me go through a few concerns and objections as I wrap up. It sounds like gibberish. I don't want to open my, myself up to something evil. That's interesting. Hist history indicates that tongues did cease. Tongues was an inferior gift to prophecy, preaching, preaching the word of God edifies believers, whereas tongues does not. Let me just real quickly go through some of these here. Sounds like gibberish. Yes. Okay. Has anybody listened to a child when they're trying to learn to speak? Just gibberish. Just, I mean, and, and some of you adult men here, a lot of gibberish. It sounds <laughs> I hang out with. Sorry, you guys. Paul in, in 14 says, For I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. I don't know what the Spirit is. I'm walking around this morning. I'm, I, I do a walk and pray after, when I, after studying it in the morning. And I don't know what, but I'm like, God, I need you this morning. God, I need you. And I don't know what to pray. I can only pray so many times that people won't walk out and they, they won't be offended. So, okay, Holy Spirit, I need you. And I'm walking and I'm praying in the Spirit. And people probably think I'm crazy. I go by the donut shop and, and they kind of look at me. And I'm not out loud, like I'm not proclaiming tongues or anything. But yeah, I'm, I'm praying and, and uh, so... Yes. <laughs> Gibberish. <laughs> I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is inclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with understanding. Romans 8, 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. When is our weakness? I don't know what to do, God. I don't know what to pray anymore. I have no, I have no direct. God, I, 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 I'm out. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groans that cannot be expressed in words. Concern. I don't want to open myself up to something evil. Have you ever heard that? Ah, oh, that's demonic. And really? Really? So you're sincerely in your heart asking God for a gift. And he's going to go, hey, let me give you this little demon gift. You're sincerely in your heart going, God, I want to, I want to pray in the Spirit. I want to glorify you. I want to be edified. I want to, I want, God, look at Luke 11. Which, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Jesus uses scorpion and snakes as a picture of the demonic. So he says, look, you asked for a gift, and I'm going to give you a demon? Come on. If you then... Though you are evil, he's talking about you and me, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Father in heaven, give, in heaven, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. God is good, and he wants you to walk in his goodness, and he gives us gifts. Concern, history indicates that tongues did cease. One of the arguments here, oh, the, the apostolic fathers, and, and, the, and they... they said that tongues, you don't see any writings on, on the gifts after the canonization of scriptures, and it's not true. Now, I'm not going to read through all these, but Justin Martyr, you can go back and read it, and, and Arrhenius and these, these early church fathers 
talk intimately about God's gifts and talks about prophetic words and talks about, he talks about cleansing from evil spirits. This is going out through history. In the 1900s is the first time that we really see this wave of pastors preaching hard against the gifts. Do you know what happened in the early 1900s? Azusa Street Revival. God poured out his spirit in this place and people started to go, whoa. But historically, we see church fathers talking about the gifts and their experience. Concerning tongues was an inferior gift to prophecy, preaching. Preaching the word of God edifies believers, whereas tongues does not. Yes. Okay. Yes. I would rather you prophesize and build up the church. That's true. But it does not negate the fact that you and I need to be built up. And the Bible says one of the ways we're built up, power of the Holy Spirit. By praying in the Spirit. Paul says this, he finishes, for if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. He says it's by faith. Your step into relationship with Jesus was by your works? Really? Come on, come on, come on, stay with me. Your relationship with Jesus was by your works? No. It's by faith. Baptism, when you go in the water and you come out and the old man is cut away, there is a what that has to take place? Faith. Walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, there's a faith. And as I get up in my quiet place and, 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 and listen to Lauren Dag, because that's heavenly angel sound, you know, that, that, that girl, do you know what I'm talking about? You get Daigle? Okay, something I can't read. Daigle, Dag, whatever her name is. But as I'm living, sitting there and I'm hearing this word, stop mocking the stupid pastor that can't read. Um, as I'm in this place and, and the sound is going forth, and I'm praying to God in faith. I'm going, Holy Spirit, fill me today so that I might glorify you. And it's not just about the pastor. It's for you. Oh, God, when you step out in the morning in your quiet place. Now, here's the problem. Many of us don't have this quiet place where we engage Jesus and we engage the Holy Spirit and we engage the Father each morning. We do at dinner time. Not a quiet place, it's dinner with your family. Oh, let's pray now. We do at Easter. We do at Christmas. We do when we're at the, the, hanging on by a, a thread in life and we're crying, oh God, I will never again if you'll just rescue me this one time. I prayed that for way too many times. It's by faith every single day. Here's what I would say to you. If you're willing to get up and go to that place with the Lord and yield your tongue, James says the tongue can't be, can't be contained except by the Holy Spirit. If, if you're willing to get up in your quiet place and ask God, just as Paul, I wish that all of you would speak in tongues. My prayer for you is that you would Pray in the Spirit. Sounds freaky. I'm telling you this, that if, if, if you're faithful to seek God and ask, if you're if you'll in faith, in that quiet place with, with the worship going, if, if, if you just submit your, your, your mind and your tongue to Him, watch what God might do.
I told you my story. It was, you know, I prayed for the, to be able to pray in tongues and, you know, they laid hands on me at the church my mom drugged me to and all that. I'm kidding. Thank you, mom, for taking me to that church. And it was years later, I'm in college on my knees praying because I was desperate because I think I lost a few games. And, uh, and, 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 and God's spirit hits me and I start praying in tongues. My wife's experience, she's at a conference. She gets saved, gets baptized in the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues all in the same crazy night. Or not. That's the way I understood it as I married you. <laughs> How did that go, Chris? What? Well, so, that sounds so much better. Let's go with that story, and then we'll correct it later. How's that? What happened? Okay, what? What? You want to? Okay, here, we got time. Come here and, and yes, please, tell me what. We talked about this. Did, gosh, was I listening? I don't know. Apparently not. Listen, okay. though. No, because it, it, we, you actually talked about this last week. I'll be quick. I know okay, you say no, a lot. But um, um, we talked about this last week, how there are three steps when, in terms of when we talk about baptism, how there's a salvation baptism, and then there's a water baptism, and then there's a spirit baptism. And what was really cool for my particular situation was that I, went, I was at a conference in Phoenix where Got I met. Got that part right? You got that part Thank right. You. Good. That's good. But just real quickly, the first night um, that I heard the message that pricked my heart and I became a Christian, that was a salvation night for me, right? I, living this way for so long, heard a message that radically changed my heart and my life, and that was a salvation for, moment for me. And the next night, they had um, a whole thing of water baptism, and that's where I got water baptized. And the next night, there was a moment to um, where this was spoken about. And I just want to say really quickly, it it can be very scary. And if you don't understand it, it's like, it's so weird. Why are we talking about this? What are we doing? But I want you to understand our hearts in it, that we don't expect you to come in next week and all of a sudden everybody's going to be like walking in this crazy thing and doing this crazy thing because we also are very aware of what an orderly service looks like, right? And how God does this and, and how he leads it and all of those fun things. But, but for someone um, like us, when we understand what God's delivered us from, and then the same way that this word said that he loves me unconditionally, that he has a purpose for me, that he's never going to leave me or forsake me, and then he also says that I have a way where you could maybe have a little bit more boldness so that you can walk out this faith that you have for the last almost 30 years, then I was like, yes, I want that too. So are we any more saved because we have it or not? To echo what he said, absolutely not. But do I want every aspect of what he has to give us, to enable us to walk in the boldness, to do the things that he's called us to? Yes. And then last thing really quickly, I don't know if you're aware, but we have lost um, in our community numerous, numerous. But the ones that we know of in the last several months that we just had the sixth young man commit suicide in our school systems right here. I don't understand the the mental illness, the all of the things that are happening. I know specifically a group of young kids, Newport kids who come from great families that you would know and love who are dabbling in the satanic cult stuff right now. Their parents are scared to death because they are coming home and they are a part of something that they know nothing about. The church doesn't talk about it. 
we have to have an understanding of what the counter is so that we can help our children. Are we in a room praying in tongues to build ourselves up so that we can go out and have the wisdom to combat what the enemy is speaking to our kids? So if you don't think you need it for your own personal walk, then take a look around and see how you might need it for somebody next to you who is desperate to hear something hopeful. Okay. Isn't that what I said? Yes, that's what you said. So- No, that's wonderful. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I work alone here. <laughs> In conclusion, Nick. <laughs> Next Gosh, I love it. I bet Rick Warren's not dealing with you guys this week. <laughs> in all seriousness, I, I, I want to, next week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish up and, and really wrap all this up around this. Love. This scripture here. All this, this other, we've been talking about, it's all completely useless if we don't love. That's what Paul says, if I speak in tongues of men or angels, do not have love. I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. So you've heard a lot in the last, gosh, seven weeks. Uh, Next week, I want to wrap it all together around this. Thanks for listening to the Pacific Point Podcast. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com slash give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you are encouraged today.